can't stop me now. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Network. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Let's talk a little baseball, Gordo. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery Utah is in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Of course, uh, joining us now, former major leaguer, the one, the only, Dale Murphy with us here on The Big Show. Dale, thanks so much for a few minutes. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Major League Baseball, Dale, is in the headlines. Uh, uh, Not only are they in the middle of the season, obviously, but uh, for finding solutions to problems that may or may not exist. And apparently too many strikeouts is a problem. Do you uh, agree with that assessment? Are are hitters striking out too much? Is the game boring because of the pitching? Uh, Yeah, well, we got a number of things going on. Uh, got a number of things going on, but the uh, there there are more. I mean, I think it was a couple of years ago we had more strikeouts than hits for the first time ever. Uh, so that trend looks like it's still happening. Um, deeper counts. Uh, you know, uh, players are encouraged to either strike out, walk, or hit a home run. So that all that adds to a lot of issues. So pitchers are throwing harder than ever. So it is harder to hit. I don't think there's any question about that in a lot of ways. But there's also some problems with the hitting series that, as far as trying to elevate the ball, trying to try to trying to swing up because they're encouraged to hit home runs, uh, is going to end up with uh, you're going to end up with more strikeouts, especially as hard as these guys are throwing. So there's a lot of things that are adding to some of the issues, and I think one of the the big issue is me is the length of time. The guy, I was in Atlanta last week and uh, nine inning game lasted four hours. <laughs> and it's that's just too long <laughs> in many people's opinion. So that's some of the issues that, that, that are going on. But strikeouts, yeah, it's it's an issue. But uh, it uh, it's a trend that's been happening for a few years. I saw this report that said, like Jake was talking about, the strikeouts. Uh, right now, the strikeout rate is around 25%. And apparently, in order to put that in context, that is the same as the career strikeout rates of Sandy Koufax and Nolan Ryan. And so, and I think the league batting average, uh, Dale, is uh, 238, the lowest since 1968. I've seen people looking for solutions. They're talking about moving the rubber on the mound back a foot. What do you make of that one? 
Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a lot of people trying to figure out what to do. Um, I yeah, we got really some problems, Gordon, because because you can't argue with the uh, analytics. For instance, I just mentioned earlier they're looking for walks, home runs, don't care about strikeouts because the analytics say that's the way you win. The Tampa Bay Rays are a perfect example. I think they're leading. Someone just told me the other day they, I think they might. I'm not sure, but they're way close to the top in home run strikeouts and walks, and they're playing really well. So how do you argue? You know what I'm saying, Gordon? How do you argue with the fact that that's going to help you win? (laughs) I I, I don't know what to do. So my point is let's make the game move quicker because we're having a hard hard time figuring – I don't like moving the mound back uh, because I think – um, I I don't know. I'll tell you what, do Gordon. I I just said I don't like moving the mound back. I've said that since I heard it. But I will be open to considering some things. I'll give you an example. I'm open to seriously open <laughs> to seven inning games hmm. all the time because for a number of reasons. One, the time. If you look at the time of the doubleheaders that last seven innings, there. You know, they're two hours, 215, two and a half. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't some good arguments to keep it at nine innings, but there aren't a lot of good arguments to keep it at nine innings. Mostly it's just tradition. When I talked to people on Twitter the other day, they just said, nope, it's nine innings. It, you know, and, and I'm saying, uh, the, I was talking to somebody else again, and I said, well, what about the records? And they, I thought they brought up a great point. The records are already messed up. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is going to have, I think, less than 15 complete games in his career. Hmm. Uh, he's not going to have 300 wins, I don't think. Um, and so we're going to have, a, I think he's a Hall of Famer, best of his generation, that is going to throw less than 15 complete games in his career. And he's not going to have 300 wins. And and so my point is, guys throw five innings. They throw six innings. Uh, Charlie Morton the other day in Atlanta threw eight. I mean, you know, eight innings. So w- things are already different because of analytics. We have no more complete games. We have four or five pitchers a game. Uh, guys are throwing harder than ever. Uh, hitters are encouraged for walks, strikeouts, or home runs. So, we're going to have some really weird statistics if we try to, you know. So I'm saying let's change some things. We got to, to me. We got to make this product move quicker. If that, that's that's what I'm saying. It's taking way too long because we. How are you going to change the strikeouts? I know we can move the mound back. I mean that's a possibility. I would consider it. I guess. So, uh, you know, often in life, it's, it's easier to identify problems than it is to come up with solutions. So with that in mind, I have a two-part question for you. One, what do you think of the problem of pitchers uh, using sunscreen and rosin to load the ball up? And then the second part of the question, what do you think of the solution to strip search said pitch, uh, pitcher <laughs> at the request of the opposing manager? Well, you know, someone who played in the... 70s and 80s when you hear about foreign substances on the ball <laughs> and the league all of a sudden wondering what's going on I mean it 
it does draw a chuckle from a lot of us. I mean, I hit against, and I had as a teammate, Gaylord Perry. <laughs> I mean, th- there wasn't a substance known to man that Gaylord didn't try. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, it, it, uh, in spring training, even I, I, uh, I'm playing center field. Gaylord's out there pitching. Guy steals second base. Bruce Benedict goes to throw him out at second. He can't hold on to the ball because it's so slick. It's loaded up with whatever. I get the ball out in center field. I go to throw the guy out at third. I can't grip the ball. There's so much stuff on it. Our infielders are having problems throwing guys out at, at first base. There's so much. And they no one cared. So, you know, and that's, you know, there's also the famous story about George Steinbrenner. Um, uh, Lou Pinella tells the story. George Steinbrenner's watching the game in New York. They're playing the Angels, and Don Sutton's pitching for the Angels, and Tommy John's pitching for the for the, the Yankees. And he calls from New York. Uh, Lou Pinella says he calls from New York and says, Lou, Sutton's cheating out there. He's doing something to the ball. You know, you got to go ask the umpires. And Lou goes, George. Tommy John's pitching for us today. He's the guy who taught Don Sutton how to do all that stuff. I can't start checking their pitcher. They're going to go out and check Tommy John. So it's kind of funny. I, I, you know, I don't think it was a big problem, but now they can analyze spin rates. And, yes, it does. There's no question. Pine tar and tacky stuff or whatever you're going to do will help the pitchers. Uh, I think they just ought to, uh, in, instead of, uh, in, instead of, uh, what am I trying to say? They should do it randomly. They they shouldn't be telling guys when they're going to do it. Because then, if the, you know, now the guys don't have any pine tar in the gloves. One guy I just read the other day, he, he ordered new gloves because he had too much pine tar in his glove. <laughs> so it should be a warning, and they should, they should not tell the guys when they're going to do it. But, so- you know, now everybody's got to so it's it, you know i don't know if it's going to help it'll probably last about a month and then everybody's going to get tired of this this is just making the game last even longer <laughs> i mean i got a lot of things about the length of the game that i think we need to change and this is one that's adding to it bottom line is i think it should be random so no one knows when they're going to get checked so so dale a two-time nl mvp a man who didn't really have that much problems that many problems with that many pitchers but of all the pitchers you faced if you had been able to make the call and ask the the blue to head on out there and check him out who needed that checkup the most that you faced well gaylord when i faced him i mean it was obvious it was weird they just they just ignored it. It was kind of funny. You know, it's, it was funny. The umpires used to ignore a lot of stuff, just kind of the interest of the game or whatever. You know, they they miss calls all the time. No one – well, we argued, you know, but, but it, it, yeah, it'd be Gaylord. I don't know what, what, the, what, what they would have done. I mean, it, you know, then guys started scuffing the ball, and you got that famous uh, scene of, of Joe Necro. You know, they come out to search him, and out comes a big – you know, a nail file out of his pocket when he's trying to empty his pocket. So, I mean, pitchers have been known to try everything. And, uh, you know, usually you can tell. An umpire should be able to tell. This is this is a little harder to tell. 
because it's just improving the grip. And you need a super analytic uh, computer and whatever they, however they do it to analyze the spin rate, you know, the radar and everything. So, you know, you can't tell that. You can tell if a guy's throwing a spitball or scuffing the ball. It's really easy because the ball moves in ways that it doesn't naturally move. But, it, it, sure, it would have been Gaylord. And, and, you know, just one of those weird things about baseball. And I love Gaylord. He was a great teammate. And he was a lot of fun. But, it, you know, they just gave him a pass. Um, you know, this is a little tricky, but I know they're, they're trying to increase the offense. So, I, you know, I, I'll just get back to one more thing is the, the swing that is taught now. I mean, you got to look at Bregman for the Astros. He's got the swing for today's game. He doesn't try to uppercut. He tries to get on top of the fastball. I really think some of the old um, hitting techniques would be better in today's game of a lot of fastballs, in today's game of trying to lift the, lift the ball. Because that, that ends up, you know, a lot of strikeouts, low averages, um, and that's a problem. So we're never going to get rid of these hard throwers. You know, I've talked to clubs before, and I said, you know, you're going to wear these guys out if you keep using the bullpen this much. And they just say, oh, we don't care. Well, they didn't really say it that way, but they said, you know, we got six more guys that throw 100, you know, miles an hour in the minor leagues. So you're not going to get rid of the hard throwers and uh, you're not going to get rid of the strikeouts in, unless you change, uh, you know, your hitting approach. This is just a curiosity question, Dale, but you mentioned swings. If, if a young person were to come to you and say, hey, I want to develop the perfect baseball swing, who would you tell them to go watch? Bregman. Hmm. Yeah, right Right now. I mean, I haven't seen him play this year, but I remember watching him a couple of years ago, and I know they you know, I know they had all the problems with knowing what was coming. But I've watched Bregman quite a bit, and, and he, he, he doesn't swing down on the ball, but he does an uppercut. But a lot of, you know, just, you know, it's, again, it's the analytics. Chris Bryant's dad, I read somewhere that when he was 12, he said, son, try to hit four fly balls to the outfield because one of them is going to be a home run. And he was a big kid, and he's 12. But the problem is that kind of swing doesn't work for shortstop, second baseman, you know, smaller guys. You know, we got, we got guys, everybody's striking out. It, it's, it's, and, and here's the ultimate problem, guys, is it's, it's so funny to me that they have – I know they recognize this, but when you get to the playoffs, everybody wants to play for one run. And they get a guy on third, and they say, well, now would be a good time to hit a ground ball. And the guy's trying to hit a home run. He pops up, next guy strikes out, next guy grounds out. And you don't get that run in. And everybody says, boy, contact really would have been a good thing in the playoffs to get that first run because statistically the team that scores the first, you know, has a better chance of winning. But they play the whole season, and they don't play for a run. They don't know you – know, they don't play switch – Again, you can't argue with the analytics. Bunning a guy over is not as successful as, as letting the guy hit uh, unless it's a pitcher. But the problem is when you get to the playoffs, you know, that contact with a guy on third is really important, and they don't, they don't work on it during the season. That's why I don't, I don't like big strikeout teams like the Yankees in the playoffs. They just strike out too much. And so uh, I think... I feel like there's a, you know, the swing of the pendulum. Eventually, things are going to get a little better, 
but it's a hard environment right now to hit, and there's no question about it. But I'd like to see him change the technique, and there's there's 15 to 20 minutes of dead time that can can be um, taken care of. But it's a long discussion, and I you know we don't have it. But I'd love to. You know, I've I've been telling everybody about my ideas. It's not my job, but we we got to get a quicker product. I mean, this is a four hours, three hour games. People are not staying. It it costs a lot of money to go to a game. It's a long game. It's it's just we got to speed it up. That's that's my main thought right now. And, and again, this checking of all the substances does not do that for sure. You know, uh, Jake, I've always thought Dale would make a good commissioner. Uh, they haven't put him in yet, but uh, maybe better than what baseball has right now. But let me let me read you a quote, Dale. It's from uh, Theo Epstein, who's part of a, a, a small committee, yeah. you knew know, that uh, is studying yeah. Major League Baseball and looking for ways to make it better. This is a quote from him from ESPN. He said, there's a lot more consensus on the direction of where the game should go. A lot more balls in play, a lot more athleticism, a lot more action. In the fan survey, three favorites at a game are triples, doubles, and stolen bases. And if you look at, and that's the end of the quote, but if you look at the statistics on those three areas, stolen bases are down the lowest uh, rate since 1969, triples, uh, per game is the lowest uh, ever in a full season. Uh, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, doubles, 4% of play appearances have ended up in a double, the lowest mark since 89. So what do you think of that? I don't know. I've been thinking about e- emailing Theo, and now that he said that, I'm definitely going to email him. That The problem is the analytics go against all – okay, I'll, I'll say uh, – well – I don't disagree with what he's saying, but the future of the game is eliminating all of that because of the analytics. Guys don't guys that can run do not attempt to steal bases anymore because the analytics say it's not worth the chance of stealing the base. So we we don't have the speed of the eighties. Uh, you know, each team had it it seemed like each team uh the the the, 80, the Cardinals of the '80s are the perfect example, but we had astroturf fields, you know, and so um, it was best said. Um, someone once said, "I hated astroturf." Um, uh, this is just a fan of the game. I hated astroturf, but I I loved the game it produced. Speed, better defense, more triples, more stolen bases. Catchers that could throw, that could hold guys on. There was a game inside a game. But the analytics and the lack of AstroTurf stopped all that. They they are not encouraged to steal. Um, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. could steal 80 if he wanted to. Um, a lot, you know, but they're not, in, it's, it's, it's not encouraged. And so we have guys trying to swing for fences. For the you know for the home runs all the time, and those guys that used to hit the triples and the doubles, shortstop and second baseman are striking out a hundred times. <laughs> so, I I don't disagree with Theo, but that is not the game today, and I don't see it going going back mm-hmm. to the '80s anytime soon, because the analytics say 
a guy that throws 95 is harder to hit, and so they're going to keep throwing those guys out there, and they're going to keep swinging for home runs because I'm repeating myself. But the analytics people, what are you supposed to do? I, I mean, you know, the rhetorical question. Uh, when the guy in the World Series last year for Tampa Bay, his name escapes me right now, is is mowing the Dodgers down for six innings, and he walks the first guy in the seventh. It, it, that wouldn't mean anything back in the day, which I'm not arguing. The point is the statistics, the analytics say that no matter what you did your first six innings, you probably will not be as good the seventh, eighth, and ninth. So he's he's got ten strikeouts. He's the left-hander. I can see him. I can't remember his name. Blake Blake Snell. Snell, yeah, yeah. And everybody's like, "What's he doing? He's going out to get him. He's he's dealing, but he has to report to the analytics guys. And if he, the next guy hits a home run, they're going to say, "You knew the analytics say." Third time through the lineup, you're not going to do it. And my point is, I can't argue with that. It's true. So we, how are you going to go back and play a game where we didn't look hit and ran? We stole. Um, we left guys in third time through. I mean, that's so Theo's point's right. But how are you going to go back to that when the analytics, they don't go back there? That, that's the problem we're facing. The analytics have created this game. And I don't mean the analytics as in the people. They've been able to quantify what works. And, again, Tampa Bay is the perfect example. They don't pitch very long. You don't go through the lineup three times as a pitcher. They use a lot of pitchers. They swing for the fences. How do you argue with that? that, I, I would love to see the game that used to be played but number one, I, I sound like the old guy, you know, get off my lawn. <laughs> and also, I can't argue with math. <laughs> it's a problem. It's a, it's a real problem. I, I, I guess the basketball situation would be, which is interesting because it makes for a real exciting game, is why shoot two-pointers if you're making close to 50% of your three-pointers? You know, you should back up and fire away at threes. Just throw as many as you can up there. And some people would say, oh, you got to feed it into the big guy first and work from the inside out. Well, the analytics don't say that anymore. They say, no, we're going to throw up as many threes as we can because we're going to win uh, if our percentage is, you know, whatever, 47%. I mean, am I right? Is that yeah. is that kind of analogous to what we're talking about? Oh, yeah, it seems exactly the same. In fact, I was having that same thought when you were talking. Yeah, it's, if, if the goal is to win ball games and the math says one thing, you know, they don't care if it's pretty, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, and that – so I, 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 I love what Theo said, but the, what do you do? Yeah. You, like like Gordon said, they're considering moving the mound back. Yeah, yeah I, I might consider it now. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I the, But the point is, the math says this, so the manager does that. You know, in the old days, he went with his gut. He went with what he saw in the field. And sure, that I like that game. Obviously, I I played in it. But these guys are better athletes. I mean, they are. They're unreal. They're doing things we we you know. So the 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 game is still popular. I know people say, well, 
but it draws a lot of people at college, uh, travel ball, uh, minor league baseball tennis went up the last five years. Uh, you know, so there's some things out there. We got to be really careful. Uh, I'll, I'll give you another example. Sorry to talk so long, but putting a guy on second base in extra innings is, is not a cure for the game's ills, if you will, if you will, you know, that's just out of nowhere. I just, I just, you know, we don't need to shorten extra inning games. We need to shorten nine inning games. That's that's a problem. Our product takes too long. But extra innings, we ought to be able to just you know let them play. So I don't know. You got me going here now. So I'm going to have to <laughs> write a it. letter to Theo and see what he says. Yeah, love it. It's good to hear from you, Murph. I hope everything's going well for you. Thank you. Yeah, things are great. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Gordon. Thanks, Jake. Well, thank you for coming on, Dale. We really appreciate it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when I write my letter we yeah. can talk about. Yeah, let us know if you get a feedback yeah, on a that. Call, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's not writing the letter; it's getting an answer back, right? <laughs> uh, I think I, I think he's going to answer Dale Murphy. You have to, yeah. man. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dale. The great Dale Murphy uh, with us here on the Big Show, ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The Zone. That that analytics thing is fascinating because yeah. if it it. If uh, the best way to win ball games is no longer the most aesthetically pleasing product, <laughs> the things that fans like the best, what what wins out, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's really fascinating. All right, uh, stay tuned. We'll have more big show coming up next. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join us tomorrow at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Gordon, uh, I'll, I'll bring up that question now that uh, that we teased after we talked to Joe Baird, uh, the sports editor uh, for the Salt Lake Tribune, retiring today after 38 years. Uh, asked him about, so in, in, he's been a sports editor for like 12-ish years, so going back to 07 right? No, 09 or no, 08. 08, 09. Well, he mentioned the, that he was editor during the uh, the Sugar Bowl, so I was thinking. Yeah, yeah that was 09. That was oh, oh, 09, but oh, the 08 yeah, season, right? right? Um, but anyway, so l- let's include that. All right, let's go back to 08 then. All right. What has been the biggest, most important sports story here locally in that time period? Because I think there are two contenders well, in my mind. I, I think he named a couple of them. I think Utah being invited into the Pac-12 is pretty darn big. Uh, I think BYU not being invited into a P5 conference is pretty big. Um, and I can't think of a win that's bigger than that Sugar Bowl win. And I was covering that one. I, I can't remember a time where a win meant more than that one did. In that time period, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got something else? So the two, that, and that's why I couched it as stories and not necessarily games, although games would count. The two stories I would say are Utah going to the Pac-12, because that really did alter the right. sports landscape around here. Mm-hmm. It certainly did. Yeah. Um and I would actually include BYU not included in kind of the same story, if that makes any sense. 
because the the kind of divorce of those two schools was part of that story, right? Um, if you want to stretch it a bit there, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Anyway, I'm not trying to discount yeah. what you're saying, but those two kind of fall into the same story to me, but that's okay. just me. The other one would be um, Ryan Smith buying the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Because the Jazz are the biggest, by far really, sports entity in this market. And to have a, a change in ownership, something that that I personally didn't think I'd see in yeah. my lifetime, right? I thought it would remain part of the Miller family. But to to have that change hands, I, I we don't know. We still don't know how big that story is. But that it feels like those two stories uh, over the last 12 years have fundamentally altered the, the landscape around here. Well, we'll see what it does uh, for the ownership of the Jazz, uh, uh, that we're still early in that journey. So we'll see the difference that Ryan makes. I mean, obviously this last year was really, really good. I'll agree with you on this front. I I did not see that coming. I mean, I knew Ryan would love to own the Jazz. I knew that. But I just didn't expect uh, Gail Miller to, to to sign off on that. So it would be one of those two stories, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. would be the biggest sports story here over the last 12 years. And I, who knows? I, I don't think Gail would have done that, Jake, unless she was pretty confident that Ryan was going to do it the right way. So... Oh yeah, I think that the future of the franchise was important to her. I yeah. would agree with that. Um, maybe maybe some other runners up. Uh, Gordon Hayward leaving was certainly a big story. Yeah, it was. Um, Donovan Mitchell being drafted was a huge story, although I don't. We obviously didn't appreciate it being a big story at the time. Uh, yeah, but he 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 came. He emerged so quickly that it seemed like it was just all one big string for me. I mean, he was so good. Early on, from right, the time right, the right. Season but started. I remember we broadcast uh, the day after they were drafted, and they were inter- uh, introducing the the rookies. We broadcast. It was at the the Little America for some reason. Oh, it was because it was during the uh, the renovation. Ah, so it was over at the at the Little America, and not that it's not a big deal to interview a first round pick, you know. It's but it, it didn't feel like we were interviewing the next Jazz superstar, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, so I don't know how big that was at the time. Austin has a, a a contender that I did not think of. Well, and it's it's sports, but it's also not sports, and it's like the story of the world, and that was when Rudy Gobert became the first professional athlete to test positive. Yeah, that was, that was the entire big. world was looking at that. The, the, that was the biggest story in the entire world at the time. So yes, that that needs to be a contender. I don't know if it was the biggest story in the world, but it that it that shut down the country that night. I mean, the next day is when everything the that was the domino that triggered the shutdown of the United States of America. I'd say that's a big that's story. That's pretty big. <laughs> that is pretty big. Uh, what about? Um, how about RSL winning the MLS Cup? Uh, big deal. I don't know if I'd put it over Utah in the Pac-12 or no, uh, no, or, I, uh, or just, the changing I'm of ownership. I'm just thinking of big stories that happened over I mean, that time frame. Certainly throw that into the into the hopper. Yeah, but I don't know if I'd say it was the biggest. No, or or a, even uh, RSL changing ownership, which is still in process. I mean, yeah, that's more of a sad tale. Yeah, having but, an, uh, an owner of a franchise being forced out, that's yeah. not good, but still I mean, the, a big story. COVID was a sad tale, too. Yeah. Was, yeah. And that obviously affected sports in a huge way. Kind of interesting to look at it that way. I, I, I wanted to ask Joe about it because as the editor, he's processing all of it, right? Uh, that's it's his funny. gig. It's funny because 
right before you asked that question, I I was going to ask that question. So now you're taking credit no, for no, my I'm good just question. Saying I great, see. No, I'm saying great minds think alike. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So you're complimenting me and yourself at the same time. <laughs> No, it's just weird to me. I'm not complimenting myself at all. It's just weird how you came up. Of all the questions to come up with, that was the next one I was going to ask. And I wanted him to to keep it to when he was an editor, because sometimes I'm sure when you're covering a beat, things get, you know, they're a big deal to that particular beat. But not as an editor, you have to, you know, literally place it on a page Mm -hmm. uh, in uh, kind of its importance matters. You know, he's making that determination every day. So I thought his opinion on that would certainly be a valid one. And it was. Because I right. think he was right on the money for the most part. All right. We want to remind you about our good friends at Zero Res. Uh, when I get my carpets and tile cleaned, it's never just clean. It's Zero Res clean, and I won't have it any other way. Just $33 per room. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz. But the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys, Jake here for my friends at Peach Window and Door. Uh, The good folks at Peach are just amazing. They've been Utah's premier window and door retailer uh, for, uh, well, really, since 1993. They're all about uh, combining beauty and technology. They can do custom work. They do incredible work. Uh, Gordon and I were just at their showroom earlier in the week, 2940 South, 300 West. And really, if you get a chance, drop by and find out what they can do for you. They're kind of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, they, as they say down there, if you can dream it, they can do it. And they're a turnkey window and door operation. So from sales to installation, they're going to take you all the way through. They have uh, the best customer service around. They believe that when you call them, get this, they answer the phone and will talk to you. You will talk to a human being. No high-pressure sales, no subcontractors, no ghosting. They'll take care of your windows or doors, and their crews will install them and back it up with guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to satisfied customers. They also offer 0% interest financing, uh, so check it out. They have free in-home estimates as well. Uh, You can give them a call, 801-556-1255. You can drop by their showroom, as I mentioned, 2940 South, 300 West, or go online. They have a great website, peachbuildingproducts.com. That's peachbuildingproducts.com. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right. 
right, it's time for Austin's List, brought to you today by 1660. The top 1660 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30. Hanson Scotty will announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as they count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 1660 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon only on the Zone Sports Network. Of course, Austin, our producer, has an enemies list someplace you don't want to find your name yet. We put names on it all the time. Who's going on the list today? Uh, the housing market, specifically uh, in Colorado okay. today, but really just in general for how ridiculous things have gotten. So this real estate agent uh, says about this particular home that she's trying to sell. As you enter, there are soaring ceilings and an open floor plan with a second floor overlook. Mm-hmm. Sounds lovely. Yeah. You will also notice there's not one surface inside the home that has not been enhanced with black spray paint, a swinging hammer, or some kind of profanity. What? Yes. She added, don't let that slow you down. It's not nearly as daunting as the freezer in the basement that's full of meat and hasn't had electricity for over a year. Oh. So be sure to bring a mask. She notes there is a back patio, but don't go out there as the deck is not necessarily attached to the house in the manner you might hope. She admits that the home is located in the in the uh, pink scale of a geological landslide area. Uh, uh, she also has a YouTube video featuring the home that is backed by horror movie sound effects. Uh, and there's you know it's there's human and animal feces left in the living room Jeez. to greet you as you walk in. What? Uh, the proper prior tenant had a menagerie of animals, and that the carpets are saturated saturated with. You know, things that animals leave behind throughout the entirety of the home. Maggots? Well, I, I would assume, but I'm talking more like bodily functions yeah, of said animals. Right. Uh, uh, anyway, she says all that, uh, and then uh, the, the listing price of the 1,800-square-foot home that I've just described. Uh-huh. Any guesses as to how much that lovely piece of Where is uh, it real estate? This is in... Uh, Colorado Springs, and it's got uh, four bedrooms, two baths, oh, 2,800 square feet, so quite bigger than 18, but still, the way she's described it, the way I've relayed it to you, guess. 750. Okay, Jake? A million five. So you're both uh, over. Okay. $590,000 for what she ultimately describes in the listing as, quote, a little slice of hell, close quote. (laughs) Now, wow. is someone being funny? No. <laughs> is that just how ridiculous the housing market is that you could honestly put out a message like that and still sell the home? It has six offers. Yeah, oh, my gosh. All over pro- asking price. Oh, my goodness. Woo. So the housing market, you're on the list. Good time to sell, I guess, huh? <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you have a feces-ridden piece of junk. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, it is really that, that just, is depressing. It's really a middle finger at the whole concept, though, isn't it? Like I can I can describe accurately how terrible this house is, and people are still going to line up to buy it. Yeah, I mean those those of you who are fortunate enough to own a property already, now you're you're probably uh, enjoying your investment, but there are so many people who don't own property right now who are really suffering and looking for a place to put. A roof over their head. and uh, oh, this, There is a roof. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Good. Glad. Uh, you're going to move on from one of your uh, homes, Gordon? Cash in? No. Oh. The the uh, the Italian villa is going to stay? Yeah. And right. it will be cooled to the son-in-law's preference. <laughs> Boom. Bringing the show full circle. 
If you missed it, the first hour's up at 1280thezone.com. <laughs> Almost as bad as what uh, Austin just described. Not quite. The sons-in-law <laughs> run the show in the Monson household. No, uh, Lisa runs the show, and the sons-in-law have her ear. Did Lisa tell you to give up your go-to spot on the couch? Uh, it, it, well, no. You know the no, logo? that's just out of the generosity of my... You know the Godfather logo, the marionette uh, yeah, yeah. strings? It's that, but then above Gordon is Lisa with strings of her own. And then it sounds like above Lisa is the sons-in-law with strings no, of their own. No, that, it doesn't work quite like that. But uh, it's... It's close. No, not really, but... Uh, I'm hot! See, my problem is that my wife is smarter than me, and so... She's just nicer. I figure I better listen to what she says. But I express my opinion, too, and get my way. When everyone's out of town. Almost never. (laughs) You know what I did? I I mean, I shouldn't bring this up. No, I better not not tell that story. Are you wanting us to beg you? No, no, no. no, I I don't know what to do here. Is this shtick or have you really decided it's better not to? (laughs) Well, part of the reason I don't want to do it is because you guys are going to kill me for it. That'll happen anyway. All right, I'll quickly. All right, my uh, my my uh, one of my youngest daughter was going to school on an island somewhere, and so my my wife and uh, some of her sisters went to said island and left me behind because you know somebody has to pay for all this stuff, right? So they left me behind. So they went and they went to a couple of different islands. <laughs> in the general area and had just a fantastic time and I was left here alone with, with us. So you know what I did? Watch TV? <laughs> no. Sat in your own spot on the I couch? Know, I know what you did. Uh, you know what I did and you're going to kill me for it. It's I pronounced went, Porsche. I went and bought myself a car. <laughs> you bought yourself a spite car? <laughs> kind of. You know what I could. It was ne- cheap. You know what I could never do is that. I flew to, I flew to the coast and uh, and bought a car and drove it home. And you're still married. Well, the car's been sold though. But it it, it wasn't. I mean, she didn't. It didn't. It wasn't done to make her mad, and, and nor was she mad. You just made a six figure decision without her. Yeah. In spite. <laughs> six. For a car? Stay tuned. More Big Show Did next. Did it fly? 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've got everything going on, on, on. Every time you go. Wrap it up, Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay tuned. Our guy Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot have the movie zone coming up right around the corner. We we asked Austin about the uh, the poll question yesterday: best popcorn movies. You had not heard that phrase. No, I hadn't, but uh, got me in the appetite for some popcorn. That's a, and I talked to my wife about the uh, the lack of the butter that she doesn't like the added butter on the popcorn, and uh, she, she claims that there is already some butter on there. On what? On the popcorn. On the like movie theater popcorn, yeah. and so the, the 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 melted 
butter stuff is added there too. It could be. I don't know. Uh, I, uh, Jeff Whipple, who's going to join us on the Movie Zone tonight to talk about Fast and Furious Nine, uh, he said he's got you, you and Lisa. He's got your next bucket ready for you. Oh, really? With the butter for you and without the butter for her. Each of us gets a bucket. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. He's never done that for me. So. <laughs> The fate <laughs> smile upon the monsons again. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna. Uh, how how can I take him up on that? When uh, I go, I will not I, be facilitating. When yeah, I so. when that's I go a to, you problem. No, when, I, when I go to the movie theater next, do I just say, "Hey, Jeff said, <laughs> just grab it." Yes, uh, yes. Whipple's got it. Yeah, yeah that's okay. exactly what you do. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's whatever it said. Just said Jeff said I could have this for free. Like Dumb and Dumber, it's on Sea Bass's tab. Yeah. yeah, just see how that goes. <laughs> okay, I'm, I mean, I grab mean, some I, candy you know, while it, you're at it. You know what's going to happen, though? It's going to be another incident, like uh, like the uh, the gear that I took out the door. Except for, I don't think you're going to get that far this time. I think you're going to be met with a simple, "I don't think so." No. <laughs> <laughs> if you just go in and no, say, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Swipple said, said that I get two free buckets of popcorn. Take it up with him. Now whip me up some. <laughs> oh, man. And know they, who I please, am. please video it. <laughs> I'm Jeff Whipple's friend. <laughs> and the uh, the teenager behind the desk would be like, I don't know if that works that way, sir. <laughs> Give me your manager. That's <laughs> the next move. Uh, he'll know who Jeff Whipple is. Thanks, I'm Jeff. sorry, sir. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe I need to take you and Naz with uh, with us so that you can back me up so on that. So we can pay for your popcorn? <laughs> no, you can say he's telling the truth. And then the, the teenager would say, and who are you? <laughs> you, you say you're Jeff Whipple's friend, too. <laughs> Movie Zone coming up next. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.